Welcome to Fides Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino, and I'm your host. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Fides is Latin for faith and truth, and that's what we do on this show is talk about truth and talk about faith. Uh, thanks for being here. Uh, the great song that you're hearing in the background is my friend Frank Camp. You could find him on Spotify. Great song. This song is called Heaven Can Wait. But thanks for being here, and let's get right to it. Okay, and welcome to another edition of Fides Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino, and I'm your host, and I'm here with Talent on Loan from Rush. Uh, my guest today is Heather Hobbs. Heather, uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Jerry. Oh, excellent. So ironically, Heather and I had the chance to, we, we had this, uh, uh, this interview booked a few weeks ago or so, and um, we actually had the chance to meet uh, accidentally or ironically at a Cleveland Right to Life event that she was at as well. So it was really nice to be able to meet you in person before we do uh, do this interview. Yeah, it definitely. Um, the Lord's hand was at work there. It yeah. just, it was timing. Yeah, and we tried to do the interview actually there and, and things just didn't work out. And so no big deal. So here we are uh, able to do this interview. And, and um, so I wanted to just start off and, you know, you, you're involved in a lot of things in the, in the pro-life movement. Um, if we can just start off and just, just tell us your story, because you have a story that kind of brought you into uh, being sort of pulled into or, or drawn to is, is a better word into the pro-life movement, supporting those that are going through challenges. What, what is your own story? Well, the, the brief summary of my story is really, it started being raised in a non-believer atheistic environment. And when I was 18 years old and in Germany, I um, had a, a very unfortunate experience. I ended up being raped and tortured for three days. And through that event, I conceived a child. I was raised to be very pro-abortion, very, very much thought it was a, a woman's power thing. And I even took some of my friends to have abortions. I went to school in Omaha, Nebraska, and I actually lived pretty close to, uh, I don't know if you know, Dr. Leroy Carhart. He is a late-term abortionist. He's been traveling to different states doing late-term abortions, such as in Indiana, Nebraska, I think Kansas, and some other places. And his clinic was just very close to my high school. And then, of course, we also had Planned Parenthood. And those were the people that were in my school teaching us about abortion and what it was and it's, it's honestly just a godsend because even though Satan meant for that event to destroy me and I was at a very dark place in my life and I tell people this all the time, my daughter's humanity ended up superseding my choice. She is ultimately the one who brought me to the Lord, the one that helped me find healing and peace. And now, as you know, I represent Save the One, an organization that helps mothers like myself who've conceived in rape. And uh, the president, Rebecca Kiesling, she's a child from rape. And it's amazing meeting these amazing women and children. And every woman I've talked to, over a thousand women now we have in our organization that have conceived from rape, every single one that chose life said the baby brought them some kind of healing. 
And every mother that we have that chose abortion and now regrets it said that it was like being raped all over again. That's another violation of her body. It's very, you know, invasive, except for she chose at that time. And so it drastically increases their chances of suicide, depression, et cetera. So after my daughter was born, I began seeking out the Lord. I ended up being baptized because she wanted to go to church. Even at three years old, she, you know, I took her one time and then she just kept bugging me every Sunday. So she was very instrumental into me being brought to Jesus Christ. And then I ended up getting married uh, to my husband who I met at church and we had another child and my daughter was targeted for abortion solely because of how she was conceived, not because of health problems or anything like that. But our second baby was also recommended to be aborted. And his reason for that recommendation was I was going septic repeatedly and they didn't know why. So of course the the first thought is to blame the baby. Mm -hmm. And I ended up switching to different providers, found out I actually had gallstones and acute pancreatitis. So the sepsis was unrelated to the baby. However, it did take several months to diagnose that. And then a third time, doctors wanted me to have an abortion with our third child. And he was a normal pregnancy up until about 23 weeks. He was given a fatal diagnosis from Portland, Seattle, Los Angeles, and Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. And he was recommended for a late-term abortion at 24 weeks, all the way until he came on his own at 27. And as I sat there in the hospital by his side for 15 months of his life and 13 surgeries, driving him to Mayo Clinic from Oregon all the way to Minnesota, and lots of prayers going up and down, I finally really just saw that God was calling me to speak out on this and that women with health issues or with genetic defects or those sorts of things, they're often targeted and discriminated against by doctors. And it's becoming just this normalized thing that they're recommending left and right. And I'm not the only woman out there that's had multiple times where a doctor said to abort her children, but having three out of my four in a row doctors telling me to kill my child, it really, it really softened my heart towards this cause. I never wanted to be someone in front of a camera or on stage. That's not who I am naturally, but God gave me what I needed to be able to do those, those things. And it actually ended up bringing me not just to the pro-life movement, but as I was fighting abortion and dealing with women who've conceived through rape, I also found that abortion perpetuates pornography, pedophilia, um, human trafficking is a major issue right now that abortion facilitates those rapists and traffickers to continually hurt the women. So it's expanded into this huge thing. But the main thing was I had to be willing to say yes to God. And that's what I've taught myself to do now is just say yes. So um, it, it's really a, an amazing story. Um, so when, when you uh, when you were you were raped and you said raped and tortured and you had a, you were, you conceived, um, as a result of that, were you pressured by people to abort? Um, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. was it, was it something as though like you went to uh, an abortion doctor, were you, how close were you and what were the things that you were grappling with? Cause it would be certainly understandable, uh, for you to have been grappling with it at that time. So I actually, it wasn't an abortion doctor. It was actually at a hospital. 
Mm-hmm. And I was very, very sick. I had contracted rubella while I was in Germany, which is the German measles. Oops, sorry. Just cut out there. I contracted rubella, the German measles, while I was in Germany. I was, um, you know, it was very, very awful illness. Mm -hmm. But it seemed to last for such a long time that I ended up going into the doctors because I also began to vomit excessively. And I, I didn't know that that was a sign of pregnancy because I was already sick. And so I just assumed it was a part of this illness that wasn't going away. And when I went to the emergency room in Germany, the ER doctor was the same doctor who had treated me for the injuries I sustained from rape. And he came to me and said that I was pregnant. And it was such an out-of-body experience in a way, because after you go through trauma, sometimes people will often not forget, but kind of tuck that painful memory away. And so when I was there, I said, that doesn't make sense. I haven't been intimate with anybody. I haven't done anything like that. I shouldn't be pregnant. That's impossible. And I also had health, some health problems that, you know, I was told I wouldn't ever be able to have children and it just didn't make sense to me. And then he actually was the one who told me like, don't you remember a few months ago when you were in here and you, you were being treated for, you know, rape and the injuries there. And he said, it's okay. I I usually don't condone abortion, but you know, you didn't choose that. And so because of what you've went through, if you want to have an abortion, we can do it today. We can do it right now. We can put you to sleep, give you anesthesia. You won't feel anything. And we can keep you, you know, a close eye on you make sure everything's okay. No infections or bleeding. And I just, you know, it definitely was God and I see it now. I didn't know it then. But I just said, well, I need to to process all of this because here I was being faced with accepting what I had went through and in addition that there's a child. And I think maybe that's why I was never the best pro-abortion person, because even though I thought, well, you know, women should be able to choose as I was raised, I still always saw the, the baby as a baby. And I think perhaps that's why I really struggled to convince myself to choose abortion with my eldest. And of course the doctors pressured people pressured, you know, they they'll sit there and say, well, that's the rapist baby, or that's, you know, they, they imply the baby must be inherently evil in some way. And you and I both know that that's just not the case. However, that's what the world has taught us and says about children who've been conceived in rape. So, you know, it, it, your, your case, and, and we've, we've heard of many others, and you would, you've mentioned uh, over a thousand, you said, you, people you've met, and um, the, the case of rape is, is the one issue or the one point that pro-abortionists will constantly look at us pro-lifers and say, well, what about the case of rape, right? Thinking that they got us and, um, you know, you know, asking that question and sometimes even saying, well, hey, if you think it's murder, then you, you know, what about the cases of rape? Uh, and certainly some pro-lifers are say, well, exceptions, right? They, they say that a lot. Um, and I think, although I think it's evolving from that to be in a stronger stance, but it's, but it's looked at is, is, is very anti-woman by the pro-abortionists. If you say you must, you know, carrying the child, um, in to, to term and into birth, if you were, if it's, you were conceived in rape, 
talk a little bit more about the damage that you have seen it's done to people who have had an abortion after a rape because I've been told by many people that an abortion after the rape actually makes it worse. Absolutely. And it does. And, you know, I, I'm in the middle of forming my own nonprofit burdens to blessings, but on save the one where Rebecca is the president and I help them out, we actually have statistics and information for people who are pro-life or politicians. And it, it's, it goes into detail with the data, people say, well, in the United States, it's only 1% of cases. So it's okay to sacrifice a few. Well, a few is actually over 32,500 a year. That's the 1%. And that's not taking into account all the unreported cases of rape, all the unreported, you know, a lot of women become ashamed and don't want to tell anyone, but they want to keep their baby and they don't want to be judged. I've met quite a few women who are good Christian women who you know, they were raped while traveling or, you know, something happened and they choose to keep their baby because they love their baby and they don't tell anyone because they fear that their baby will be condemned or judged. And when we talk about the cases of rape, there is a drastic increase. And I believe the statistic actually is 60. There's a 60% chance of suicide after having an abortion and uh, conceiving then that amount is doubled when a woman's been raped. So if you look at it from the angle of PTSD, for example, a lot of people who suffer from rape or some sort of trauma have PTSD. You have to imagine a woman who's been violated in that degree is now having multiple people in that same area where she was already traumatized. And they're going and it's not, it's not like it's some easy, quick thing. It's just not, it's a process. It's painful. And not only that, but a lot of people don't like to admit this, especially on the other side. But when you have an abortion, think about it this way, your body, whether you want to accept or not knows you were pregnant. Mm -hmm. And when women have abortions, they say, oh, you might feel a little sad or emotional like you would with a period. That's not the case. It's postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, and even postpartum psychosis. Now that's amplified when your body knows biologically there's a baby and that baby is not there. So your body goes into this mode of where's my baby? Where's my baby? So not only do they suffer the PTSD effects of having that invasive procedure, people looking at her private areas and not only that, but you now also have the fact that the body biologically recognizes the baby's gone. And when people advocate for the cases of rape, I always tell them this. Let's imagine that your father went and raped someone right now. And instead of going to their door, we send the police to your door. They arrest you and we give you the death penalty. We would all be outraged. That would be a human rights violation. That is the exact same thing as these innocent children that we are punishing for the crimes of their father. It's absolutely horrific. And then when we talk about pro-life legislation, we oftentimes will say, you know, we're going to protect the majority. And then we will say, except for a case of rape or disability or a fatal diagnosis or whatever the case may be, we add these exceptions. Well, again, what if we made a law that says it's illegal to kill your neighbor unless they're disabled or unless they're black or unless they're this or that, 
we would all again be outraged because the law needs to protect everyone, Mm -hmm. not just a few, not just the majority. The law needs to be fair and equal. So again, with cases of rape, this is this is what people see as haha, that's the one. That's the one I can get you on. It's really not. It only really reinforces a lot of truths that people just don't want to acknowledge. Yeah, that's no, that's so well put. If you know, if you're not for the death penalty for the rapist, um, why would we be for the death penalty for the child who's completely innocent, did nothing wrong? Um, but yeah, why should that's really, really well put. And and I and I think it's so important that 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 if if the left in this country, the pro-abortionists truly cared about women, uh, they would want to know the effects of an abortion on women, period, which they don't. They want to say it's all, you know, happy and fine. Um, but also in the case of abort of, of of rape, right? I mean, if in fact it hurts women worse, then that's something that we should want to know and women should be told and supported with and that's what you do because the you know if you have a woman who is pregnant as a result of abortion obviously she's in a very tough place but having someone like you and rebecca um is 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 a great support so how can people how could people out there in that circumstance or if they know someone who's in that circumstance how could they find you Absolutely. I'm on social media, Heather Hobbs, speaker, and we're also at savethewonecom savethewonorg I have a website, heatherhobbs.org. And, you know, as I said, we're just about done finalizing my nonprofit. But ultimately, I tell people, a lot of people say, you know, how did you get over it? How did you get through this? How are you all better now? How are you able to have a productive life? How are you able to do this or that? And I tell people, you don't just magically get over it. It's not like, you know, you have your baby and then it's done. The baby helps you heal because that baby loves you no matter what. There's no judgment. Children are innocent and they just love. They don't understand hate. Hate is taught. Mm -hmm. So that baby offers that little bit of healing. And when I tell people about where I'm at now, Mm -hmm. me getting the ability and having the ability to be blessed to help these other women. Every time I get to help a woman, I get a little piece of my own healing back. And that's part of what gives me this drive is rape is unfortunately an epidemic today. It is truly, the numbers are really underreported. And I always tell people as a mother of two girls, I really hate that it is so hard to prosecute a rapist. Mm -hmm. But as a mother of two boys, I appreciate that the law is thorough to also protect men. And so we have this, unfortunately, what I believe is Satan turning men against women today. And I am extremely in support of men having a a say, especially, you know, in this debate against abortion. And I feel like this is a human rights violation and that men are absolutely necessary in this battle. And so when it comes to women asking where to turn for help, you know, we have resources with women, but we also have the fathers. And if a woman's been raped, oftentimes a husband or a boyfriend, they need help too. So we definitely want to reach out and help the women, but we want to let men know that they're equally valuable and that they need help as well. 
Fantastic. I'm, I'm really um, happy to have had you on here to talk about what you do and your mission and how you help, because that's at the end of the day, um, what it's about is, is getting help to those that need it, and they can find that help from you and your organization. So uh, please check out Heather Hobbs. Hobbs is a two Bs, H-O-B-B-S. Uh, you can check her out. She is all over um, uh, the internet and social media. Uh, so please, uh, please look her up and find her there. If you or someone you know uh, need her support, uh, they're there for you. So Heather, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate it. I'm glad we were able to get, get this in and work this out. Um, and it was great to have met you in person. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm so grateful for what you do. And this show, I, anybody that's listening or watching, I hope that you would help contribute, donate your time or resources because Jerry is doing the Lord's work. And it's absolutely crucial that we help this, this message be shared. Uh, well, thank you. Very nice of you to say, I, I swear I didn't pay her to say that or ask her to. <laughs> you <did. laughs> no, it was very nice of you. I appreciate it. Uh, so again, thank you so much for being on. Uh, please check out Heather Hobbs. Um, if you need that support or know someone who does and thank all of you for listening to another episode of feed Ace podcast. I appreciate you being here and we'll see you next time. I know.